Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for the message you hear today is that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with Jesus this week. If you want to stay connected with us, please check us out at CVC Madera, both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Central Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Now, if you're if you're joining us for the first time, or the first time in a while, we've been in this series called Follow, looking at what it means to be a follower of Jesus or a disciple that makes disciples. We've been really focusing on the last command that Jesus gave us before he ascended to the Father, and that was to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And that going is not the emphasis. It's as you are going, as you're living your life, make disciples. So we've really been looking at to make disciples, what does it mean to be a disciple? And over the last four weeks, we've done kind of a mini focus on learning to love and learning to be loved by Jesus. And the, the extravagant love that Jesus has for us, how it radically shifts and changes us uh, to be people who look more like Him. Over the last several weeks, we talked about how we can trust the love of God for us. Some of us doubt that God really loves us, but we can truly trust that He indeed loves us greater and more extravagantly than we could ever deserve or understand. We, we, we've been talking about how we are approved by God in Christ Jesus, so that when we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've turned from our sin and turned to Him, we are fully accepted by God. We are fully approved by Him. We've, we've talked about how we can have peace because of the love of God for us. Some of us have been robbed of peace for quite some time, and, and if we would understand how much He fully loves us, we could have this radical peace inside of us how we're fully accepted by God because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And this week wraps up our mini-series on learning to love, and it, it speaks to the effect of God's love on our entire being, how, how God's love can radically transform us. And before we get started, I want to ask you this question, and I want you to be really honest. Would you agree you're going to be honest this morning? Yes. I mean, we are in church, so... I want, to ask, I want to ask this question. Have you or someone you know ever excused bad behavior by saying, I am who I am? Yeah? You can take it or you can leave it. You get what you get, so don't throw a fit. That was usually said about dinner time, but that could be about people too. You ever had those attitudes? Maybe you've, you've, you've had this, you've said this before. Hey, anger just runs in my family. That's just the way it is. You know, we're Irish. We're angry. Or we're Puerto Rican or whatever. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what kind of blood you got. But have you ever said that before? Like, this is just how we are. This is just our family. This is what we do. Maybe you've said things like this. Look, I've tried to change and I can't. I've tried to do things differently, but I'm just, this is just me. I'm just going to have to accept it. Maybe you felt like, you can't stop doing something because you've tried to stop and it just hasn't stopped. Or how about this? Maybe you won't try something new because you have a history of failing and you just say, what's the point? Why try, why try something different? I, I, have, I have a friend who, who hates bowling because she's horrible at it. Horrible. And just won't do it at all. We're like, it's just bowling. No one's really good at bowling. Just try. No, I, will not, I won't do it. I'm horrible at it. I don't even try anymore. And maybe, maybe it's not bowling. Maybe it's just things in life. You're just unwilling to put an effort out because you have a history of just falling flat on your face. And you say, it's just better for me to stay away from new things and new experiences. Anybody ever thought that or felt that way before? 
So if you've answered yes to any of those things, I want you to pay special attention this morning as we look at the passages of Scripture we're going to read, because I believe that God is really going to unlock some things for us as we look at His, His Word. And if you answered no to any of those, any of those questions, that's amazing. It's fantastic. But I still want you to pay attention, because I believe that you're going to eventually be around people who are answering yes to that question, and I want you to be able to help them and encourage them as they're going through some difficult seasons in their life. Or perhaps you might get to a place in your life where it's now a yes when you were saying no. You might encounter, because life is always changing. That's the only constant. So as we get to Scripture today, uh, I want us to, to dive in and really look at what Jesus is saying. I want you to turn with me to John chapter, chapter 8. And we're going to start in verse 1. And backing up at, at chapter 7, there's this moment where Jesus is teaching in the temple and there's some confusion about who he is. After he gets done teaching, there's a division amongst the people and, and half of them are saying, he's, he's, surely he's a prophet. We think he's the Messiah. This could be the one. Is he the one that, that we've been hearing about? And then the religious leaders come in and like, he's not the one. And there's a huge division. They start arguing in the temple. And they can't, they can't come to a resolution. And at the end of chapter 7, verse 53, it just says, so they just get up and leave. They all just go to their own homes. I guess we're not going to know. So they get up and leave. And then in verse 1 of chapter 8, it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives to pray. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. So he returned back to the place where there was division and disruption and disagreement. And he began to teach the people again. And all the people came to him and sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Isn't that interesting how they caught her in the act? Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? And they said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. And Jesus bent down and wrote his finger in the ground. Wrote with his finger in the ground. And as they had continued, he asked them, he stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they had heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, typically their wiser. And Jesus left alone with the woman and standing before him. And Jesus stood up and said to the woman, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is life to us. We thank you, God, that it will never lead us into error that it will always lead us into life and truth. And we ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal your truth to us as we open our hearts. God, we instinctively, we intentionally open our hearts to your word today. Come and speak to us, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say. We're ready to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, before I, I go in a little further, I just want to say, Jose, you brought your new baby. And uh, congratulations, man. We got a brand new baby with us this morning. And that's exciting. 
We're going to grow this church one way or another. <laughs> so it's extra special Mother's Day. Now, I want to look at this story. And, and how many of you have heard this story preached before? A couple? Really? All right. Then let's get it. I was going to say, because typically we do talk about this story. Most of you have read this story. And, and quite possibly, you've, if you've heard a message on it, it's about not judging others or not condemning others in their sin. And I think that's a great message. That's a really good message for us to hear because uh, we need to hear that people are not so far gone that, uh, that Jesus cannot reach them again. Right? No one is so far uh, outside the grasp of, of Jesus' love that we should not condemn people in their sin, and that's a, that's a tremendous story that we need to hear. I mean, this perspective is usually taught, when, when it's taught from that perspective, it's, it's taught to those who, who already feel they got their life together. Right? It's really hard to judge people when you're just living horribly. Right? You feel already just like a bum. It's hard to be like, oh, well, I'm not as bummy as that bum, right? So it's typically we don't do that. Usually this message is taught to people who are like, you know what? My life is in order. I'm doing really well. But that loser over there needs to get their act together, right? It's not like the religious leaders when they see in the temple and Jesus tells a story and there's a tax collector and he's beating his chest saying, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. And the Pharisees say, thank you, God, that I'm not like him, right? And typically we teach that, this story at, from that perspective. Hey, we should not judge people and condemn them as they're going through it. And I think it's a good message. Some of us need to hear that. Some of We might be in this room today thinking, I'm better than so-and-so. We would never say it out loud, but we sure think about it sometimes. No? Really? Come on, people. We can be, I told you, you're going to be honest. You're going to be honest in church today? Okay. It's okay to be honest. You, sometimes we have bad thoughts. Sometimes they're unhealthy thoughts. Maybe just me. I don't know. Am I, the only? I know it's Mother's Day, but we can be, I mean, you, you could be honest with me. This morning, though, I want to I speak uh, to those who might actually be feeling like the woman in the story. A perspective that I haven't really looked at before. But maybe you're feeling like the, story, the, the woman in the story who's been caught up, who's been called out, and you're feeling like things are hopeless. You've been exposed, and you don't know where to go. See, when I read this story, I can't help but think about what was going through the woman's mind as she's being dragged to the feet of Jesus is being dragged to the temple to be stoned to death. See, she knew the law. She knew what was going to happen to her if she was caught in that moment. And she is dragged to the temple and she knows to my doom and dismay, I'm going to be killed. With a horrible death, being stoned to death. Horribly. She knew what she was doing was sinful and wrong. And I can't help but begin to think, maybe she was thinking... In her mind, as they're dragging her, maybe she began to think, I guess I'm going to finally get what I deserve. See, in the text, we don't see her putting up an argument or a fight or trying to escape. We don't see her saying, but Jesus, but, 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 but these men. We don't hear her trying to, trying to excuse her actions or, or trying to run from that moment. She just sat there waiting to be judged and condemned in that moment. Maybe she lived that way most of her adult life, and maybe she felt like she couldn't stop or couldn't escape this pattern of living that she's been just habitually living in. Maybe she felt that she didn't have any other options, or perhaps she tried to stop but found herself back in the same situation after she tried to stop again and again being pulled back in to the sin that she hated. 
Maybe she had a sense of relief when she got caught saying, finally, they can just end it right here. Because I've been in this struggle so long, I'm sick and tired of it, and I'd rather just die than go back to that sin again. Maybe she had thoughts like that. Maybe there was a sense of relief. Finally, I'll be free now that they're going to kill me. And maybe this morning some of you feel that same way. Maybe some of you feel like you're caught in a cycle that you cannot end even though you've tried. It could be that you have just embraced it and said, I am, I guess, just the way that I am. I guess this is just how my life is going to be. I guess I'm just going to continue to do this because I can't stop. I've tried to stop and I just can't stop. I guess I will should just embrace it as part of who I am. Or maybe you're so stuck that you've lost hope that your life could be any different. It could be that you've gotten so bad that you've stopped trying because you feel like there's no hope. Why even fight it anymore? Maybe you've gone through it and you've just failed time and time again, so, so there's no hope of anything new happening because you've experienced so much failure in yourself. And if you're feeling, feeling that way this morning, it could be perhaps because you have a distorted understanding of your value and worth in God and a distorted understanding of the power of your past over your future. If you're feeling that way, maybe it's because you see yourself in opposition to the way that God truly sees you. And you don't fully understand the power of God to radically transform your life and break the chains of your past that's attached to your future. I want you to write these things down. I didn't put them up here. I just want you to take good notes. I want you to write this down, that to break out of these mindsets, you first have to have an encounter with Jesus, and you have to come face to face with his unconditional love for you. To break out of this mindset that you have no worth and no value, you have to have an encounter with Jesus and have a face-to-face understanding of his unconditional love for you. And as we're going through this book, Follow, Dr. McNaughton says this in here, that you'll need to begin to value God's view of you more than you value your past failures. Begin to value God's view of you, who God says you are, more than you value your past failures. Why? Because the, what, we've, what we value most is what's going to define us the most. And if we value, and, and it's weird to think of value of our past mistakes because it brings a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. I wish I had never done that. I wish I would never got tangled in that mess. I wish I would never live in that And when we continue to put our focus on that, we are putting all of our attention, all of our time, all of our value on our past mistakes and failures. And that gives it more attention, more focus, and more power to dictate our tomorrow. But when we begin to say, no, the Word of God says, I am a co-heir with Christ. I am a new creation in Him. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High. Now your attention begins to shift from what the past says to what your future, uh, who your future belongs to. I said a few weeks ago that Jesus' love for us isn't earned or it's not deserved. He just gives it to us freely, wholeheartedly, 
And as we accept his love for us, we are fully accepted, completely forgiven, totally approved by God in Christ Jesus, wholly complete in him. And that's the truth, but some of us really wrestle with that. I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't feel fully accepted. I don't, full, I don't feel completely forgiven. As if our feelings are greater than the truth of God's word. You are fully and completely and totally accepted by God in Christ Jesus. And at the same time, this love is so complete, so powerful, that it won't allow us to stay in our sin. It won't allow us to remain in our brokenness if we are truly wanting to follow Jesus. If we are following Jesus, he's going to lead us out of sin into wholeness and into life. Because he loves us so much, he doesn't want us to remain the same in our brokenness and in our despair. If you are want, you can say, I love Jesus. There are plenty of people who say they love Jesus, but they don't want to follow him. But if you want to follow Jesus, he will lead you out of your sinful life and bring you into wholeness and truth. Because he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to remain in that place. Right? I love this saying. He loves us so much that he won't, that he won't allow us to stay in the same sinful, broken state. That's why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He or she is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen. 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 Right? It's so powerful to think. We just celebrated Easter just a few weeks ago. To think that Jesus would come and live and die and be tortured just so that you could say you know him and, and still remain in your junk. Jesus didn't die so that you could remain in your sin. He overcame sin. Death, hell, on the grave. He kicked the devil in the teeth, crushed his head in, not so that you can just be like, on a Sunday morning, I love Jesus, but I don't believe he's powerful enough to set me free. Honestly. I mean, we would never write that worship song, but some of us sing it in our hearts. Jesus has all authority, all power, all dominion over all rules. So he, when he says he, he came to set the captive free, that's what he meant. That's what he was doing. See, part of the reason he came was to set us free and then also make us a new creation in him. So not only did Jesus come to completely forgive your sin and mine, when we accept him, when we turn from our sin, he, he makes us something brand new, something completely other. And at the moment that you and I accepted Jesus, everything that you and I had ever done in our past is now under the blood of Jesus and it's completely forgiven. When we turn to him and we, we, we live as a living sacrifice to him, which means we're no longer slaves to our past sin. So your past failure, your past mistake, even the habitual stuff that you've been caught in, you don't have to remain on that cycle of sin anymore. Because you're not a slave to it anymore. It's no longer your master. You have a new master, and his name is Jesus. So if you're saying, I want to follow, it doesn't mean that you're like, all of a sudden it's going to be perfect and you're sin-free and you're just like, man, I, I feel it. 
But it's the truth. And sometimes we have to tell our feelings what the truth is. See, you're no longer a slave to that old master anymore. You have a new one. And because he came to make us into something new, a new person in Jesus, the hope for a changed life is now reality. Because he's broke off the past and he's made you something new. So now there is hope to live differently because you belong to Jesus. You don't have to do the things you used to do. You don't have to respond the way your family responds. You don't have to say now, because I have this kind of DNA or this kind of family lifestyle or this kind of heritage, I have to respond in this mannerism or in these ways anymore. You don't have that. You've got a blood transfusion in the name of Jesus that now circulates through your bones and your body and and has made you new. He's broken the chains and he's made you a new creation. So how dare we say we can't change when Jesus has already done all of this for us? How can we say, I, just, I guess I just am who I am and I'm just going to be this way forever when Jesus radically shifted the script on everything? See, in, in follow, there's this affirmation that they wrote down and I want us to repeat it. And if you're weird about repeating stuff, it's okay. Half of you grew up Catholics anyway, so you're used to repeating a lot of crazy stuff. Ow, that hurt. That was offensive. Oh, it's all right. If I offended you, I apologize in advance. I'm sorry. But you're used to repeating things. So we're going to repeat this after me, okay? <laughs> I lost half of you. No, you're with me. All right. I want you to repeat this after me. Ready? If you're, now listen, this is only for if you're a follower of Jesus or you've given your heart to Jesus. If you haven't given your heart to Jesus yet, this is not true for you yet. I say yet because today might be the day you surrender your life to Jesus. But if you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to say these words because they're true for you. Ready? Say, because I'm a new person in Christ, I can change. I no longer need to experience the pain of shame from my past. Come on, do you believe that? Let's say it again. Because I'm a new person in Christ, I can change. I no longer need To experience the pain of shame from my past. That's true. It's the truth. Some of us need to wake up in the morning and remind ourselves that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone, the new has come. It's it's powerful. The old is gone. It's gone. It's gone. When we ask him, God, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, make me a new creation in you. I give my life to you. I want to serve you. I want to belong to you. He does it. He does it because he loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that he's willing to step into your junk and help pull you out of it and make you into something new. I love it. I love what Jesus says to the woman at the end of the story in John chapter 8. Instead of condemning her in her sin, which he had every legal right to do, he could have just said, you know what, guys? You're right. I don't want to deal with all that. You you take her out and do what you want with her. Just get her out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm pure. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I don't want to be tainted by her sin. But isn't it beautiful that when... when when Jesus touches sin, he doesn't become tainted. He, he makes that one who touched him pure. 
Isn't that beautiful? Some of us, we're so, we're so afraid of being, uh, being tainted. And sometimes we need to use wisdom. If we've just come out of lifestyles or, or, or we shouldn't be hanging out with our drink, drinking buddies anymore, we shouldn't be going to those places that kept pulling us back into that lifestyle of sin, right? We have to use wisdom. But there are things that God ha- has moved in, in us and transformed in us. Now he's saying, I want you to be light in the darkness, See, darkness doesn't stop light from spreading. Light stops darkness from spreading. Isn't it beautiful that the light of Jesus stops the darkness inside of us? And instead of condemning this woman and her sin like everyone else was doing, he defended her and gave her hope for a new tomorrow. What did he say to her? Where are those that are condemning you? Has anyone left? She says, no one. And he says, the king of glory, the creator of all things, the one who hates sin, hates it opposes it, came to die to set us free from it. He says this, neither do I condemn you. And from now on, sin no more. Now, why would Jesus give an instruction to this woman to no longer live in the lifestyle of sin that she was living in if it was impossible for her to change? Why would Jesus do that? The short answer is he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. See, now Jesus often calls us to things that seem impossible for us. And apart from him, they are impossible. But in him, all things are possible. So when Jesus instructed her from now on, go and sin no more, he wasn't saying do it in your own power. He was saying, now that you've encountered me, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to cause you to live differently if you'll obey my commands. He's telling her, now it's possible for you to live differently because you've encountered me. And Jesus is saying to us this morning, it's impossible, it's, it's impossible for you to change without me. But now that you've encountered me, now there's hope for a better life in Jesus. See, Jesus says, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So with, with Christ... Being in Christ, it's totally and completely possible to change and to live a life totally free in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage somebody this morning. I want to encourage you to not give up on yourself, to not quit while you're in the middle. Don't be so disheartened by where you're at right now that you decide to stop and walk away. Don't give up. To those of us who are are praying for loved ones and praying over situations, don't give up for that as well. I want to encourage some mamas, don't give up on your babies. I want to encourage some babies, don't give up on your mamas. I want to encourage some husbands, don't give up on your wives. I want to encourage some wives, don't give up on your husbands. I want to encourage some friends and some neighbors and some co-workers, don't give up on the people that are around you. Don't give up. Because it's not done. As long as they have breath in their lungs, there's still the possibility that God can radically transform their lives. I sincerely believe that Jesus can change everything. I've seen it in my own life, what he set me free from, that I thought that I would never be free from. And he stepped in. And he walked with me through it. Jesus can do it. We have to trust him for the impossible. Things that might seem impractical, unlikely, impossible, he can do it. See, even as, as Christ followers, 
Change can be difficult, but it's possible. He never said it was going to be easy. Sometimes we get discouraged because it's, it's hard. But he says he would always be with us. He would never forsake us. So if Jesus is with you in the process, he'll see you through it. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of your faith. And what he has started, he will complete it. We'll hang on to him. See, salvation, at salvation, Jesus gives us his righteousness and his holiness. He clothes us. He takes off uh, and he commands us to now take off the filthy rags and I'm going to put my righteousness on you. I'm going to give you my holiness. So changing from our filthy rags to the robes of righteousness has become possible if we will accept and receive the gift that he has given to us. I'm going to have Dave come on up here. Here's some filthy rags. This is what I got. Right, this is... This is our life pre-Jesus, right? Burlap. It's uncomfortable, not attractive. Some would say ugly. But Jesus, when he comes in, he says, look, I have a new robe of righteousness for you. I have a new right. You can now live righteous. You can live holy. And we come to Jesus and we say, wow, that's incredible. A free gift. Wow. Here, put your arm out. Don't, don't. And we go, wow, look at me. I follow Jesus now. Look at that. Uh, that's it, though. That's all I want to do. I want to say I love him, but I also want to keep the junk that I'm in. He says, no, I've given you this. I've, it belongs to you now. Yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like it. And this becomes, this is comfortable. I've embraced this as my identity now. I'm just angry. I'm just angry. I get angry. Push my buttons and see what happens. This is just how it is. I, I can't break this cycle anymore, so I might as well just accept it or keep it hidden for as long as I can. But I got Jesus. I know who he is, but this is, this is who I am. And Jesus says, I've given you a freely gift, but you have a responsibility. You have something. Now that you come to Jesus, he's saying, now I'm going to partner with you for the transformation that you need. That's why sometimes when we are, well, we're in church for, for, for decades and we're still dealing with the same old junk that we came to Jesus with 20 years ago. This is the reason why. Because we, we, we know his name, but we deny his power. And we're unwilling to take things off so that we can put things on. And so we, we continue to walk around in our filthy garments when Jesus has given us something far better, far better, far greater for us. See, what Jesus wants us to do is say, he says, son, you're free of that. Take it off. Take it off, son. You're free of it. You don't need that anymore. Now I want you to put this on. This belongs to you. I've given I died so that you could have righteousness. I died so that you could be holy. Ooh, that looks good. That's what you're supposed to look like, son. That's what you're supposed to look like. That was tailored for you. That belongs to you. Now I want you to show people the life that can be lived because you put my righteousness on now. 
And you don't have to identify with the filthy rags that wants to find you anymore. Because I broke the chains. Those chains of sin of your past are gone. Now, you could go back and pick them up if you want to. You have a choice. But I want you to live in righteousness. I want you to live in the holiness that he paid for you. That looks far better. That's dating material, but he's taken. This is a far better thing that Jesus wants to give all of us. And in fact, he paid for to give us. And yet, for some reason, we keep believing the lie of the enemy that I'll never be able to change. I'll just stay in this cycle. And on Sunday, I'll feel guilt. I'll feel the shame of it. I'll be tired of it. But I don't know how to take it off. And I don't know how to put it on. This is what I want us to do. Stay with me for a moment. I want to encourage all of us to read Titus 3, 3 through 7. And I want you to internalize it. I want you to make it your own. Because this is what it says. Verse 3 says, For we ourselves were once foolish. Anybody? Yeah. Foolish? Yeah. yeah. Disobedient? Yeah. Led astray? Slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days with malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and the loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit who he poured out over us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, he paid for it so that you might become, which means you have a choice. You have a choice to put it on or to leave it off. Jesus says, I have called you to be co-heirs with me and to establish my kingdom in the earth, to partner with me. But you got to take some stuff off today and you got to put some stuff on. And some of us just need to be reminded that the potential for change is here, that the possibility of living a different life is here now because of Jesus, that you're no longer bound by sin or your past mistakes or the cycle that you found yourself in. Now, breaking the cycle is going to be difficult for some of us, but it's possible. And that hope gives us a greater chance of overcoming. Far greater if we think that it's just impossible, we'll never get out. There's hope for us today. See, I was foolish. I was rebellious. I was trapped in sin. But when I saw his goodness and his loving kindness, he saved me. Some of us just to be reminded of his goodness today and his love and his kindness. Would you just close your eyes right now and see the loving kindness of Jesus for you? See his loving kindness for you. See, at one point, if you're a follower of Jesus, you saw his goodness. You experienced his loving kindness and he saved you. But as you walk through life, perhaps because you experienced disappointment or because you stumbled when you thought you shouldn't. Your eyes got off of his goodness 
and his loving kindness towards you. And he would say to you this morning, as he says to me, put your eyes back on me. My goodness is still there with you. My love is still there. My, my mercy is new every morning. What's beautiful about Jesus is that he washed you and he's made you new. And now you've been made right with God by his grace so that you might become a son or a daughter of the Most High God. So despite how you feel sometimes, God's word tells you and tells me the truth about ourselves. His word tells us who we are, not our feelings, not our past, not our heritage, not our family. The word of God defines who we are. And God's goodness and his kindness towards us makes us want to serve him with all of our heart. His gift of grace and salvation are free, but he calls us to respond. So what's our response, church? If you're taking notes, write this down. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Here's our response to God's goodness and his kindness towards us. See, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you've tasted and when you've seen, you want to serve him with all of your heart. And Paul says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So your bodies have become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, not because of your actions alone, but because he's already robed you in righteousness and holiness. And now he says, live it out as a living sacrifice for me. I've already given it to you. Just keep putting it on. And wear it. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, my response to his goodness and his mercy is to live my life for him. My response to Jesus and everything that he's done is to put on what he gave me. To wear the righteousness he died for to give me. To live a life now that is sin free. Not because I have the willpower to stop myself, but because I've tasted and seen the goodness of God and his power living in me and through me. He gives me holiness. I don't earn it. He gives me righteousness. I don't deserve it. But I put it on and I live it out. Because I have a new master now. And the chains of my past have been broken and severed off my life. And now I can live a life that is a sacrifice to him, that is holy and pleasing to Jesus. See, Jesus would never tell you through the words written by Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to live a life that is holy and pleasing to him if it was impossible for you to do it. But he knows it's possible because the Spirit of God lives within you now to make it possible. To make it possible. So instead of allowing the world and its patterns to shape your life, 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by knowing what the Word of God says about you and who you are, and letting that be the dictation of your life rather than what you feel today or tomorrow or the next. See, our emotions and our feelings are like roller coasters. They're up and down always. We allow them to dictate our lives, and we're just like this all the time. And people don't know when they can be around us and when they can't. They don't know if we're going to be, have kind words or harsh words. We're all over the place. But God's word is constant. It's steady. It's faithful. And it's firm. And when he says you're a new creation, he means you're a new creation. When he says you are seated in heavenly places with him and you, have a, you are a co-heirs with Christ, you've been adopted. And now your righteousness is given to you by Jesus and you now have holiness. And when he looks at you, he sees the Son. That's constant. It's steady. It's faithful. It doesn't mean you're gonna have, they're not going to have feelings that want to dip you down, but you have something to put you back up again on a constant That's why the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because when we don't feel joyful, he says, put it on anyway. And I'll bring you back up to the place of consistency. This is what the Lord wants to speak to some of our hearts this morning. Be renewed and transformed by my word. So he wants us to focus on who he is, what he's done, and who he says we are in him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning as we draw our time to a close, I want to encourage somebody and I want to challenge somebody. Maybe you're here this morning because your mama said we're going to church and you said I'll give you this Sunday. And maybe you came in here with no other expectation than to sit through a service And then go about your day. But my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would arrest your heart. Because he loves you and you have tremendous value. So much value that he died for you. To give you new life. And new hope. And you don't have to be bound by the mistakes of your past. Or by the patterns of your family or the reputation of your neighborhood. You don't have to be known as a person who's angry, unstable, untrustworthy. You can be known as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And I'm believing that this morning that Jesus wants you to experience the transforming power of his love for you. And all it takes is for you to put your trust in Jesus, to recognize that you need a savior, that you need to be, that you need to come out of where you're at, but you can't do it on your own. Only Jesus can set you free. And he wants to make you a new person in him. So if that's you this morning, you need to respond to the Holy Spirit. He's calling you to give your life to Him.
We don't know what your tomorrow brings or what it holds. We don't know if you'll have a tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And there could have been grandmas and mamas praying that you would have this opportunity and that you would respond to it today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to respond to this call to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you right now, where you're seated, just to raise your hand so that I can pray with you. This is your statement saying, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. If that's you right now, just go ahead and lift your hands so we can pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be patient because I sense the Lord speaking. Don't talk yourself out of it. Allow the Holy Spirit to talk you into it. He's moving. And He loves you. He died for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just take one more moment. saying to somebody this morning you've had a real rough past and in fact you just come from a really rough family and all you've ever seen is dysfunction and anger fits of rage you grew up thinking that's just the way it is and in fact people have told you this is your destiny too You're going to be just like this person. You're going to live this kind of lifestyle, and there's no freedom from it. But I hear the Lord saying, respond to me, and I'll give you a new destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know who that's for, but if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. That's Jesus speaking to you right now. Don't slap his hand away. Tell them, no, this is the greatest decision you'll ever make. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's what we're going to do. I know the Lord's speaking, but maybe our hearts aren't, or some of our hearts aren't ready. So we're going to pray together, because the Lord can hear you right where you're praying, regardless if you raise your hand or not in this setting. The Bible does say that we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts and we'll be saved. So if you pray this prayer and it's the first time or the first time in a long time you rededicate in your life, you just need to tell somebody, I gave my life to Jesus today. I surrendered to him. I I feel the Lord is drawing hearts. So we're going to pray together. 
Maybe afterwards, if you prayed this for the first time, just find me and tell me. Because I know what the Lord's saying. Let's pray this together. Jesus, today, I put my hope and my trust in you. On my own, I know I can't change a thing. But I believe what your word says, that in you, I can be a new creation. So today, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I turn from sin, and I turn to you. I don't want that old master anymore. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me. And this morning, I declare my love for you. I don't know how, but I want to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now I ask that you would help me put on the righteousness and the holiness that you've just given me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with